Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Yourself podcast. This is a platform for those of us around the world who are cultivating personal sovereignty in these transitional times to tell our stories of unfolding through metaphysical practices and modalities. My guests and I have conversations around astrology, magic, energy work, psychology, and the ascension process so that you can take what resonates for your own path and feel more connected with the great eon change we are collectively going through. Before I introduce my benevolent guest for this transmission, I have some important announcements about the ongoing growth of this project that I'm excited to share with you. We have been going through some major shifts this past month, and November promises even more changes. The most notable change with me has been that I have been divinely guided to put my energy fully into the creation of this podcast, as well as deepening my astrological studies and practice. I want to invite everyone listening to follow your intuition right now because the highest octave of your being is giving you clues to what your true purpose here really is. It's probably not the most obvious choice in a rational, logical way, but you've probably been feeling a stirring in your heart space that wants to lead you to more joy in how you serve yourself and others. So here's my one message for this transmission. Listen to those stirrings in your heart. The steps ahead may not be clear, but taking this leap of faith right now can bring you more rewards than resisting the opportunities that are being offered to you at this time. In light of this, I wanted to announce some exciting new benefits for each tier of patrons on the Liberate Yourself Patreon page. For all patrons on the $5 tier and up, I will be providing a monthly astrological forecast so you can navigate the energies and utilize them for your growth on your own path. November is bringing huge shifts in energy and consciousness, most notably with Jupiter entering Sagittarius after a year-long underworld journey through Scorpio. The house in your natal chart that holds Sagittarius is the area of your life that will see expansion and illumination over the coming year. You can unlock the November forecast and all important transit information now by pledging $5 or more a month. Patrons on the $10 and $20 tiers will receive personal tarot and astrology readings from me each month as well. So head on over to patreon.com slash liberate yourself to find out more and join this growing community of supporters. I believe in this model of patronage so much that I am passing on 20% or more of all pledges to other creators on Patreon to keep this energetic exchange flowing between us all. Our economy and livelihood is changing rapidly along with all the other systems. And I feel this is a magical way to begin circulating energy between us all, superseding greed and lack mentality. Okay, announcements out of the way, let's get to this insightful discussion I had with the lovely Audrey Lee. Audrey is a self-professed fringe dweller who has lived an unconventional life and has helpful advice for empaths and sensitives based on her experience, which makes her perfect for this podcast. We get into her most recent awakening to her path of purpose, the energetic and transcendent realms of reality, and her plans for getting away from the mechanistic society and out into the wilderness to tap into her best work. I'm totally with her on this, and I think you will be too after listening to what she has to say. So let's get to it. I was really intrigued by, I mean, first of all, 
by following you on Instagram and the way that you speak about the energies of this time and like how you've been working with it and everything, it really seemed to mimic a lot of my own feelings and I'm sure lots of others. Um, that's why I wanted to bring you on. But what was really fascinating yeah. about your story is that you essentially lived like a mainstream lifestyle on the outside anyway, up until 2012. Is that right? Or um, no, allow me to clarify. Okay. Um, I lived everything but a mainstream lifestyle. I think that was part of the reason that I awakened is actually because I have always been uh, what you might call a fringe dweller. Mm -hmm. That's a term that Stuart Wilde, he was a wonderful um, spiritual authority, I guess we could say. He passed on now. But it's like a fringe dweller are those people that live on the outskirts of society. Mm -hmm. And we, ha we are kind of underground. We have underground jobs. And so I was always that person. I've worked with um, sexuality for many, many years, actually decades now with human sexuality. I was a dancer. Um, mm -hmm. I've been a tantric massage therapist and I've traveled the world. And so like my, uh, the way that I got shaped by the world was very different than mm -hmm. most. I had a moment where I was mainstream when I was really hanging on at the end, okay. right before I really had my awakening kicked in and I kind of went into mainstream life and like tried to make it work and you know mm -hmm. it crashed and burned and then i really started to wake up okay i think it's <laughs> so like my, my background of. is actually pretty yeah it's it's pretty left field gotcha so yeah how was this just to kind of start out more recently and then we'll kind of go through chronologically because i want to hear your story and i want everyone else to hear your story most recently though what did this because i talked about the um the summer of like retrograde eclipses and kind of this upgrade that we went through. And now that we're kind of on the other side of that, what did you discover during that time? Or what do you think were your specific like takeaways to go forward with? Oh man, <laughs> that's such a great question. Cause this summer was such a big doozy with the eclipses. Um, to be honest, I think I'm still integrating everything that I learned. And um, yeah. right before the summer, I had actually prayed for an, a deeper level of awakening um, because I did feel my ego coming up in just my approach to life. And I was aware of it. I was like, ooh, there's that ego again. And, was, and I thought, man, everywhere I turn, there it is. I need to have some sort of deeper ego awakening to really get you know, at the root of this. And then boom. Summertime came and the universe delivered. Here you and go. And <laughs> I had these, yeah, I had these ego awakenings, and it was, uh, you know, it's really hard to put words to that kind of thing, but it was just very, very profound mm -hmm. levels of healing for me, where I saw myself as I am, mm -hmm. uh, and not as I think I am, because that's the ego. You know, we have this idea of who we are and how we look to the world, and you know how far we've come, and it's all just a bunch of crap, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, all I am is what I am right here in this moment. And that's pretty much it because mm -hmm. we only ever have now. So all of that hit me very, very hard. And I think, yeah, I've been quiet since then, trying to integrate and really, really hear my own voice without any of the noise yeah. of the world or, or even the noise of social media. I've been pretty quiet lately just because that can be noise too, even though it's great advice and it's inspiring. It's like everybody else's version of yeah. awakening versus the truth, which is inside you. Totally. Yeah. 
I've been I've been kind of feeling the same way too that we have to be like super it's such a powerful tool for connecting with other people that are going through this but like we have to interact with it very consciously you know and not get so yes. yeah not let uh, it's great to hear about others experiences and I definitely like invite that and connect with that but um, yeah, if you're not being very conscious with it, you can take on a lot of uh, everyone else's experience that they're sharing. You know, I feel like yeah. the most important thing is to live your life in your truth, do your own inner work and then share online. But like the work doesn't happen online. It doesn't right. happen on social media, essentially. <laughs> so, no. <laughs> and you consider yourself, um, I want to talk about indigo children. You can you consider yourself one of these people, right? I do. I do. Can you explain what that what that means to you? Because this is a term that's been around since the 70s um, and was made really popular from what I remember in the late 90s. That's when I remember coming across it um, by I don't remember her name, but there were um, a couple books about um, kind of living your life through this sort of uh, color spectrum and it starts with indigo children because they started noticing you know this is basically your empaths your sensitives your you know more um psychically tuned uh people generation so what does it mean to you and how do you see yourself in that yeah um so there are so many terms out there in spirituality. I'm very weary of labels, but indigo yeah. is actually the only label that I have over the years continued to strongly identify with. Like, yes, there is, uh, without a shadow of a doubt, that is me. So um, I don't know so much about who originated this term. Actually, I forgot her name as well. Dolores Cannon talks a lot about it, and there's another channeler by the name of Barbara um, Maz something, I'll get her name later as well. Mm -hmm. She talks a lot about indigo children and just the path that we have walked is it's a difficult one. We've overcome a lot of adversity. So we kind of come to earth, our soul incarnates into earth in order to help raise the vibration of. I'm still here. Excuse me. I don't know if you heard that. Yeah, I did. Okay. Okay, there's an emergency alert going on right now. That's so I'm going to have to pause. Okay. I'm so sorry. I, this is actually a, a thing. Hang on. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> the timing I'm is back. the timing is great. <laughs> It actually said um, presidential emergency alert, whatever that means. I'm not sure. Um, okay. Anyhow. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, but yeah. Indi- where were we? Uh, so. Indigo children. We were, bas- we were basically incarnated to help raise the earth's vibration. <laughs> yes. And that sounds very big and very lofty. And so when I first heard about it, I thought that's just more of that woo-woo stuff and like whatever. Um, But I always felt that I came into this life with this inherent mission and that I always had this knowledge and this knowing and I could never explain it. I could never explain my life path. I mean, in Mm -hmm. part because as I mentioned earlier, it was so non-traditional. I mean, when I was 
19 years old, I was working for um, Yakuza, which is Japanese mafia. Whoa. I was living in Tokyo. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, so I've had like really different experiences, and they're wonderful business people, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I had this really random set of experiences, and also this inner knowing. And when I finally heard about indigos and the path they walk, and some of the characteristics which are unique to them, I was like, okay, now it's starting to make sense. There is actually a purpose for me here. And um, indigos are the ones that shake up the system. Mm -hmm. We're the system busters, you know, we question things. And I think if I look back throughout my whole entire life, I have despised authority. I mean, to the point where I always wanted to be out of school mm -hmm. as a young child. So I made sure that I graduated a year and a half early mm -hmm. uh, because I didn't want to completely reject the system. I wanted to like play it, but overcome it. So I always found a way to like get my degrees or my tests or my jobs or my money, but it, none of it was ever really like super yeah. mainstream. I just never, I never followed the rules basically. Yeah. And um, that's very unique to all Indigo children. We're just, we're the rebels, um, mm -hmm. but we're also inspirational. You know, we, we help people question the meaning behind their lives and just by existing we exude a different vibration which allows people to go hey you you feel different you move through the world differently what is that quality within you and that's really the quality of consciousness that was imbued in me when I was very young mm -hmm. and it's only you know later in life that I can put it all together and sort of make some sense of it mm -hmm. but um so yeah the indigos are We've, we've walked a, a rough path, but um, when yeah. we do come out on the other side, it's pretty beautiful. Yeah, I agree. It's usually fraught with trauma, and it's, yeah, it's a rebellion, and I've, I've noticed that it's a different, when we say rebellion, a lot of times people can think of, like, violence or, like, physically, like, you know, violently acting out against authority, and it's not, it's not necessarily that. It's this very almost subtle like you rebel in the way that you live your life or in the way that you like you said move through the systems and use the system it's it's the kind of re um, inner rebellion I think like <laughs> yeah you, you listen to yourself instead of the outside authority which is you know the whole purpose behind this podcast is to help people do that more so yeah I feel like that we yeah just by exuding that level of a, a certain type of consciousness it it really inspires others to question things as well for themselves that's the hope anyway I think that's the the purpose um yeah but and yeah. I have always had an impact on people and I think as um indigos or as empaths or energetically sensitive people we do impact others if they are open enough to sort of receive the frequency that we hold and but I had no explanation for that most of my life so I would meet people and if there was any kind of um, mutual energetic attraction I don't mean romantic but any kind of like oh I'm interested in you and you're interested in me as a person this kind of explosive growth thing would happen in mm -hmm. that relationship mm -hmm. and it happened with everybody that I connected with where like through meeting me, they would grow. It would literally catalyze mm -hmm. their own awareness. And mine, too. I'm not excluded from this. You know? totally. I would go through great, great change as well. And I was like, wow, what is this thing that sparks when I meet people and I connect with them? I actually shift their frequency and mm -hmm. help them to move. And I thought it was like a 
you know, a cruel joke most of my life until I figured out that it was a gift that I just had to learn how to use. And now I'm like, oh, okay, I have this power. This is this indigo thing that I have to mm-hmm. sort of cultivate and, and learn how to manage. <laughs> I totally agree with you. I feel the same way. Like, I feel like our experiences mirror each other a lot because, yeah, I noticed that too. And it's, it's not like you... Did your interactions, the ones you're talking about, is it usually like very one-on-one in depth with people, like one person at a time kind of thing? Not necessarily like groups. You're not like the popular person having this huge effect on people, but it's like very deep um, one-to-one connections at a time. And then, yeah, it like catalyzes growth for both of you essentially especially when you meet another person you know another whatever you want to call I know I don't like categorization either I just know you brought that up and I haven't talked about indigo children in a while that would be it's it's nice to kind of bring it back into the current vernacular with everything else going (laughs) on um yeah and like I said it is it, it usually means that we've gone through a lot of trauma in order to learn about ourselves, learn about how we operate, about the world, and what our mission actually is. Sometimes I think that, like, trauma comes about, and I've learned this through um, astrology and observing people's charts, you know, that there's no good or bad aspects um, or placements. It's really about if you have more difficult aspects, then those are the thing, those are the areas of life where you're really urged to grow. And yes, maybe it's because we're in Scorpio season right now, but like we grow through those very traumatic, painful situations. A lot of times, like that's where the alchemy kind of happens in the darkness, in the shadows and doing shadow work, et cetera. Um, yeah. Oh, yes. What have what have your experiences been like? Is I mean, what do you think the most impactful traumatic experiences were that made you, you know, put set you on your path currently? Yeah, such a good question. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, first I'll just come right out and say I had, you know, tons of trauma. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was I I mean I was born into trauma, so that's probably why I have. Um, any degree of consciousness now that is exactly why so let's see I was born into a narcissistic family so suffered narcissistic abuse I was the scapegoat of this particular family systems and they get um, sort of you know shamed by everyone everyone projects the negativity onto the scapegoat any problems with the family get projected onto the scapegoat Mm -hmm. so I was that person that when I came in I automatically had um, all of this negative energy weight on me from my family members who were obviously very dysfunctional. Um, and I just thought I was broken. So I came into this world like as a scapegoat with this very broken sense of self. And um, from that paradigm, shifting into a paradigm of consciousness was definitely a long journey. But I think, you know, to sum it up, the amount of pain that I endured year after year um, eventually just cracked me open. It was like I couldn't suffer anymore. I had stuffed things down, stuffed all this emotional abuse down, you know, like being betrayed by my family and um, neglected and lied to, humiliated and all this stuff. And you're just this big broken thing. And then I got sick. Hmm. So um, for a good portion of the early part of my life, I was sick. I had every kind of 
you know, disorder. They told me I was bipolar. They told me I had PCOS. I had tumors all over my body. They were not malignant cancerous tumors, but I had repeated surgeries for tumors, which is basically, hmm. you know, non-cancerous growth. But it was wow. hideous. It's such and a physical so manifestation of your pain. Absolutely. Of, yeah. Wow. You said it, girl. Physical manifestation of all of the pain that I had endured since childhood. So it all came to a head. And I literally started to wake up on my deathbed in the hospital, like after my last surgery. Um, you know, it was quite a story. Things had gone wrong and there was a bunch of drama. And I remember at that point thinking, something's not right with this picture. Like, you know, this picture of my life. Like, why am I sick? Why am I almost dying? And I should be young and healthy. Why does... Why do I get this treatment all the time? Why has it been such like a shit story up until now? And that's when it clicked that it wasn't real, that it was a paradigm, that I was just living over and over again, and that the things that people had told me, like my family, about who I was, none of them were true, and that I wasn't broken, and I was just living under the shield of, um, or I guess under the layers of abuse, and severe, deep, deep, deep misunderstanding about my own value as a human being. So that was like the aha moment. And I got healthy, started to repair my life, got away from the negative relationships, the toxic family, rebuilt. At that point, I was still very much based, um, I, that was like my mainstream moment when I was like, you know what, I'm going to clean up everything. I'm going to um, finish mm -hmm. my degrees. I'm not you know, going to live this really random left field life anymore, traveling all over the place. I'm going to be a good citizen. I'm going to get healthy. And um, I have two degrees. I ended up working in software development. I was successful in corporate America. Hmm. I manifested very well. I learned how to manifest. Um, so I completely turned my life around from being sick and people telling me you'll never be able to keep a job. You'll never be able to, you know, withstand any situation because you're so, you know, kind of crazy to being extremely successful, proving everyone wrong, reversing all of my health disorders like a real night and day. I haven't been to a doctor since then. So I'm nice. this new person making all this money but at that point I still wasn't happy because what I did and this is what a lot of people do in their awakening is is you know we want to manifest right I want to have a good life I want to have abundance and money and love and choices and opportunity and all of this stuff but initially we manifest from the head mm -hmm. so it's sort of like we learn and we're, we're doing like ego-based manifestation mm -hmm. so once I started to heal and get all that toxic stuff out of my life and started to manifest I was like successful, but it was on a superficial level. And then I had what I call my second awakening. And that's when I really started to uncover the deeper, deeper, deeper layers and truly heal the inner child and have such a deeper understanding. And that was many, many years, this, this whole healing trajectory. It doesn't happen overnight. Mm -hmm. um, as much as we'd like it to. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's been an incredible story of living a very broken life and, you know, then kind of healing physically and then creating in the physical world, but then ripping it all apart and going, wow, I, I just realized how much power I have to create and to get money and to do all this stuff, but I'm doing it all wrong because it's from my head. I don't want to work in software development and I don't want this big house. And um, so now it's just living authentically and continuing to learn how to manifest but from the soul like what's really gonna fulfill me what's mm -hmm. really the purpose here what the hell am I doing because I've just gotten to this point now where I'm so I will say deep into my journey that nothing has any point unless it's 
geared in the direction of, of healthy, loving expansion mm-hmm. or, you know, consciousness and growth. Like I just can't whittle away my time anymore. It's like excruciating, you know, it just feels like, what am I doing? I, I came here with a mission. Mm-hmm. That's the indigo mission. And now is the time to, um, sort of push that out. But at the same time, it, you know, it has to be balanced with the inner integration and, um, the yeah. healing and, you know, it's just an ongoing thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like for the first time ever, we're actually, we actually make sense and whatever mission we are here for, we're finally starting to tangibly understand and bring life to. Do you feel the same way? Um, I just feel like before it was such a struggle because it was still such a, you know, dense for lack of a better term, like dense third dimensional existence where the way that we felt and the way that we thought things should be um, just weren't anywhere around for the most part, except for maybe like the new age spiritual community. But even that wasn't quite right. I mean, as far as I, I'm concerned. Um, but now it seems like it's it's just erupting. Like these times are just really ripe for us to finally, you know, come into our being and come into our mission and our purpose and everything. And I feel like um, the energy and the frequency, the levels of consciousness are finally rising so that we can realize these things, realize our purpose. Um, Yes. (laughs) Yeah, do you agree? (laughs) Oh, yes. It's getting kicked into high gear. I mean, I can't ignore it. I some days wish that I could just be, you know, quote, unquote, a regular, like the layman, you know, I'm like, can I go get my comfortable job back, even though it wasn't comfortable? Let's be honest, I was dying in there. But um, some days I'm like, can I just shut this ascension thing off? I don't want to do it anymore. I want to just be regular. And the universe is like, no, no, <laughs> is my, no, there's no hiding. And it's on the pressure to move forward with it is only increasing. It's true. I mean, it's really, really marked the, the difference in, yeah, like you said, when you try to do something that isn't in service to what your purpose is, it, it almost hurts. It's like suffering in a way. Mm-hmm. And it, it just feels really, really bad or really like, ugh, uh, I don't know. Just it, it brings like a sick feeling in the gut almost. But then yes. the things that, you know, and we don't even need to. That's what, what I've been learning. Or maybe that's one of my takeaways from this this summer is just extreme surrender. Because we can't possibly know what the big the big plan, the big picture is or where we're going to be. It's just like this, this faith and this knowing to just keep going and take it one step at a time, according to, yeah, our heart, like our, what our soul is wanting. And the mind is really just there in order to discern and, and use preference as you go along. It's not the leader. Um, so I don't want to put the mind down completely because it does serve a really beautiful purpose. That's why we have it. We've just been conditioned into using that only. And we got really cut off from everything else. Um, so many different disciplines are pointing pointing to that, which is, it's just really liberating. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. It's really liberating and very just, it's comforting knowing that 
the joy and lightness that we've always felt is actually what truth is. Do you agree with that? Ah, uh, that was beautifully <laughs> stated. Yes. That's what I've been feeling lately. It's like you have to have faith that that is the truth, not what you've been told by everyone who thought that they knew what truth was because everyone's just kind of figuring it out for themselves. And a lot of, a lot of people, a lot of times in the past, people were really dependent on outside agencies, on the government, on the financial system, the healthcare system, et cetera. And now it's starting to come to light and it's going to be starting, it's going to be coming out more and more and more that those systems are broken, like inherently oh, yes. corrupted and broken. And we're going to need to create new ones. I was just listening to some, some new kind of channeled information on this and it's just so exciting and it feels so true and so real. And I think that I'd like to hear what you have to say about, about this <sighs> trusting. How did you come to like really trust in your own inner guidance rather than, you know, how did you know that you were starting to communicate with, um, into, you know, your, your, whatever you want to call it guides, your multidimensional self, the other, you know, frac fractions of yourself, however you want to yeah. describe that. Can you describe your, your relationship with, with your own guidance through all this? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Another great question. Um, it, this has been the hardest thing for me to cultivate because, you know, being born into that narcissistic family, they were also atheist and they were like anti-faith just in general. It was wow. like dooms, doomsday perspective was what I kind of was conditioned in the beginning. Um, you know, life is terrible. If you want something done, you got to do it yourself. Life is hard. Shit happens. All of that stuff. And that was just ingrained in me so deeply. So the idea of like, running based off of my intuition, approaching life that way. I mean, it sounded great, but it was basically impossible. I couldn't even access that vibration from where I was. I was so shrouded in fear and really didn't even know it because that was all I had ever known was just, you know, it's going to go wrong, basically. Don't expect it to go right because it's going to go wrong. So getting from there to where I am now, which is um, I'm not going to say I, I follow my intuition 100% of the time because that would be like saying I'm perfect and I just know I'm human. I have times where, you know, my head is totally in high gear and, you know, doing the logic thing and grinding. But mm -hmm. overall, my life is such a different story now. I am no longer listening to my head go, you have this much money, you need to do this, and then in six months it's going to be here. Now I'm like, wow, this this really feels shitty. I'm not going to do it anymore. You know, and I'm just like <laughs> listening to my heart space. I'm like, Oh, this feels like pressure. Okay. No, I can't handle it. Um, so mm -hmm. it's, it's being driven by my heart space was, I don't want to underestimate it. It has been such a huge challenge and it's, mm -hmm. it's so beautiful. Every step forward we take where we actually, we jump, you know, we leap and we leap towards that faith and, and like the universe shows you like, look, I'm going to back you up. If you have faith and you take a step in the direction of what you want and you have faith, it's like a win-win situation. You can't go wrong, but we're just so scared, you know, because we've know. been so positioned in the other direction. It's ridiculous, but I've proven it to myself so many times. I mean, I have literally changed my health. I've changed my financial situation. I have created situations, um, 
you know, living in foreign countries and having a particular place in a particular setup and then been like, oh, this isn't right for me. And then allowing that situation to dismantle and trusting that I can just go and manifest another one. And I can. And once I learned that I could shift in and out of realities like that, it really helped me to understand it's your intuition that you need to follow and you will be supported in the physical world. Mm-hmm. But the, the, the strength that it takes to go from being broken and having no faith to actually letting faith in your intuition lead your life, that is, wow, that's the journey of a lifetime. It you know, really is. And it's challenging. Big. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I don't I don't I guess if I want to get any message across it's that um I'm I definitely don't ascribe to any kind of just love and light sort of, you know, if you believe it it will be type of mentality. It <laughs> it's not realistic and it's it's definitely not easy and it's very challenging. Um and it's step by step by step. I think it just takes little steps of trying out your faith or trying something different and opening yourself up to possibilities, I think is a big, big factor because we've been shut down, shut down, shut down and like constricted in our ability to um, imagine what is actually possible. And that takes time to decondition oneself and decondition and then reprogram. I'm a, mm-hmm. do, you, do you kind of see it that way? I, I really see it as like we have to reprogram ourselves bit by bit sometimes. But then again, it's not totally up to us. That's what the sur- like really intense surrender is about. Just knowing that we are inherently abundant and we are inherently loved, you know, by source, yeah. by God, creator, whatever you want to call it, um, by all that is, we are that there's there's something really beautiful that happens when you start to realize that you are that it's not this dogmatic idea of god it's not you know us and then there's the creator like separately we actually are part of everything that's why the microcosm reflects in the macrocosm etc um but yeah it can be challenging to just trust that to have like real trust with a capital t Um, (laughs) I think it is two steps forward and, or is it one step forward, two steps back? That's saying, um, that's how it's been for me. Like, you know, I have made some big, you know, decisions like I'm going to move to Thailand and I went and did it and, um, you know, it lasted a couple of months and then I was like, oh, it wasn't that I needed to stay in Thailand. It was that some sort of growth needed to be happened and moving to Thailand was just the catalyst for it. And so I understood that that move differently. But that was a huge leap of faith um, and the one that had big, bigger consequences. But even every day I have to have faith that um, even that my clients are going to call me, you know, that I can support myself. You have to have faith that people are going to come find you and want your services. And mm-hmm. and um, there are no guarantees with the life that I live, uh, particularly because I'm self-employed. And I think, you know, also as an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. you're holding your own boat and you can't, you know, you're not just reliant on a paycheck or the illusion that some other corporation or company is going to take care of you and catch you when you fall. That's just not true anymore, even if you are working for oh, yeah. um, such an entity. So it's really. Talk about what like, you do right now, if you don't mind. 
What, what yeah, are not well. <laughs> I'm a massage therapist. I yes. am a Reiki master. So I do a lot of body work. I also offer tantric massage for select people, which is a very beautiful thing, bringing in sensual and sexual energies into the healing realm. It's and, so powerful. Um, <laughs> so powerful. You know what? I'll just say right away, like the thing that touches, that affects me most about my work uh, and about doing body work in particular which is just one of the things I'm doing right now, but anyway, um, mm-hmm. is that people are starved for touch. People are starved for connection. And yeah. I've had people come in and cry on my massage table. And, you know, just they, they've gone so long without human contact. And it, it breaks my heart sometimes. I'm like, is this the state of humanity? You know, yeah. like, really, people? Like, <laughs> we're, we're so disconnected. Like, come on. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, it is a beautiful thing to work one-on-one like that, but I also feel, um, for me, being an energetically sensitive person, it's it's sort of, well, I suppose everything is a phase, isn't it? Because I would like to speak more about consciousness to a bigger audience, and so that is the phase that I'm walking into. But at the same time, doing body work is a very real, tangible thing to mm-hmm. where I most of my life is in the physical and not online. And I really enjoy interacting with people and, and what's real and um, just making contact. Like everybody has something to offer and everybody is really beautiful. So I appreciate that in people. And mm-hmm. I guess also because of traveling so much and seeing so many different cultures, I mean, I can just, everyone's beautiful. Everyone has that unique soul juice that is their own. And I can just pick that out in people and really appreciate it. So my healing powers are are definitely switched on and um that's good when i get awesome feedback where they're like oh my body hasn't felt this good in ages and you mm-hmm. just like totally shifted my whole you know energy for the day and i'm like right on but i also feel it's a temporary solution you know because they're going to go back and get all twisted and funky again because they don't have any real shift within their consciousness mm. so i'd like to definitely move more into coaching and being able to help people shift their own consciousness so that they can make themselves feel good right so it's Mm -hmm. not shifting the frequency temporarily but really helping them to understand to become more conscious essentially whatever that means for them yeah I feel like you're going to be one of these people that (laughs) with the the information that we get from channeled sources like you know most people are talking about the event happening where you know there might be a, a wave of where the consciousness just like lifts up like all of a sudden and raises us to, you know, the certain frequency. I feel like you may be one of the people that helps us like integrate our physical body and, and hold that (laughs) frequency, you know, as, as we like live more in a fifth dimensional reality. How do you, do you see anything like that? (laughs) Um, (laughs) That sounds awesome. Yeah, maybe. Um, and my heart wants to go a little bit more towards doing the coaching and consciousness work and away from the body work because I do feel mm. it is quite taxing on me energetically. And there's a lot of, um, shall we say, prep and clearing after. Mm-hmm. A, a lot less than I used to do when I first started. Um, I think I absorbed a lot more of mm. people's energy than I do now. Mm-hmm. But it's a very delicate balance of being open to another's energy, but also having your own healthy guards up so that, um, for example... Last week, um, I had a client who just had, like, cancer all over his body, right? He had a million Mm -hmm. surgeries, and he comes in, he lays on my massage table, and he's full of scars, and he's telling me this surgery and that surgery. And right away, I'm like, wow, this guy's totally in his pain body. This has been his whole life. So I have to have compassion for that, and I have to 
find a way to treat that and to love that and to heal that, but at the same time, not be affected by that. Yeah. But, you know, it, it's so, it's very tricky. I understand. Um, I so like... maybe I will continue. I don't know. Maybe I won't. <laughs> I feel like it won't be so much like you physically working with bodies, but you're going to know how to tell people and instruct people in like integrating the frequency. I don't know. That's just kind yeah. of what came to me. <laughs> Seems that like sounds a natural really good, profession. actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. Because I'm, um, that's another thing about indigos is we're very much in the physical people. Um, we came down like on the front lines, you know, to sort of suffer and to wake up from it all so that we can help other people. So the way that we help other people is really, we catch them in the trauma aspect of things and wake them up out of there. There's all different kinds of teachers. Some hold the frequency of divine love and just entrain others to sort of raise up to that frequency. And that's very, very beautiful and ideal really. But here's the thing, some people are so broken, if you're emanating the frequency of divine love, they can't even feel that. They can't even access that. So you have to go into the trauma with them and kind of like knock on the door and help them to wake up a little bit so that they can shift out of the trauma and then mm -hmm. start to go raise their frequency. So I think the indigo is we really come in at that point where like when I speak, I speak about how much I failed in my life and how things have not gone quote unquote right at all but in the same sense they've gone perfectly right and how I can shift my perspective and how it opens doors mm -hmm. and then I walk through those open doors and I create more and so you're kind of trying to lead people along the path of conscious awakening but in a very real way like from where they are which may be sick maybe in debt maybe you know traumatized maybe PTSD this is the real story right? Mm -hmm, it's not mm -hmm. all, like you said, it's not all love and light. We're all not all sitting around in robes yeah. and feathers. I hate that stuff. You know? I know, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I think it probably kept me from being really open about, you know, the more spiritual dimension of my life for a long time. Cause I was like, it's not that <laughs> it's like, like not right. what you see, you know, currently that's really beautiful. What advice do you have for, um, I mean, personally speaking, too, because I've had issues with that as well. Just by giving astrological readings, I've had to figure out how to, and I still haven't, I'm, I'm still developing a, a system for myself in order to open up so that you are like a conduit of healing of the divine, of that frequency, etc. But then also like, so that you can help and do what, you know, share your gifts, etc. And but then also like close back down and reclaim your boundaries and, you know, do what you need to do in order to like cut the cords or like separate from the other person energetically. Um, I know there's a lot of healers um, out there that are just coming into their gifts and their and, and working with people. So what have you learned so far? What advice do you have for people that are, are working one-on-one -on -one? maybe physically or, or even, you know, coaching with others when you're sharing energy with someone else, do you have a way that you, you know, keep the integrity of your own boundaries in place while also helping others? Yeah. Breathe. Yeah. <laughs> that is so important. Sometimes we're in sessions with people and we're just not breathing, you know, and they're emanating all of their sickness and they're, Oh, I've got cancer and my wife died and wow, all of this stuff. Yeah. And, where, you know, so to really breathe because you're channeling that energy through. So never stop 
just okay and even look away you know allow yourself to not completely entrain with the eye gaze because I so here's the thing eye gazing is one of those tools that we use to connect to people you know like stare into their eyes and really feel the depths of their soul Mm -hmm. it's a very beautiful thing but when you are energetically sensitive or when you have psychic gifts eye gazing can be almost dangerous right because you really are going to go that deeply into somebody's soul and feel like their ancestral mm-hmm. pain and all of their trauma. So and then you I recommend <laughs> maybe not. Yes, exactly. Then you're screwed up too and you can't help them. So I just recommend maybe just taking that healthy distance of not being so entrained into their energy field, you know, take, breathe, take a step back, look around, stretch, keep moving while you're working with people. And then obviously you're going to have to be responsible to clear your energy um, before and after doing this type of work. You should always, I, I like to move my body, just going for a walk, yeah. honestly, that, that heals it all the way. And, if you, and you know, you can do the crystals or yoga or whatever you're into, just everybody's going to have something different because you know when your energy is cleared. You know when you're like, oh, okay, I feel better. Man, that funky vibe is gone. Now I can, like, be a normal person again, you know. So you just have to get to that state. And... Um, Mm-hmm. The, uh, the only advice I would really, really strongly give to other healers, and this goes to m- for myself as well, is that you have to heal yourself first. Mm-hmm. It is very, very typical of the wounded healer or like the codependent person to get like their first taste of awakening and of their own personal healing and then be like, I'm healed. Now I'm going to go out and save the world. And they start off on this whole campaign, but they're still kind of like totally run by their ego. And um, they may not just know it yet because they just kind of, it's almost like the ego wants to step in and go, oh, it's the spiritual ego. Oh, I'm healed now. Let me go and help the world. And that's really just codependency. That's you trying to like project your own need for healing on everybody else. So don't be one of those wounded healers. Take care of your own business and sometimes it takes years you guys we have to have a lot of patience with this process if you were born into trauma or you had some shit go down and and who hasn't right Mm -hmm. you don't get over it in a month or six weeks you know it takes time to integrate like you said it's step by step and um, we've been programmed one way for a long time so we might get our first taste of healing and it's wonderful and it doesn't mean we shouldn't help other people but really look at your bigger trajectory if you can and and just make sure you're always coming from your heart. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of you know healers that first get started, they're really coming from their head and their ego still. And so that's an easy trap to get in is, you know, that I'm more evolved. For example, I'm more evolved than you are and I'm going to heal you. It's like mm-hmm. that is such a bunch of spiritual ego. I'm not more anything than you are. I'm different. I'm a different expression of divine consciousness and I can interact with you. Yeah. and catalyze you and do all of these things, but you have the power to heal yourself. So I really just try to get everyone to understand that God is within and we all can heal ourselves, but you really have to go through your own healing first. And um, Mm -hmm. it it ain't short and sweet. (laughs) No. And I think it can happen concurrently. It's just, you have to be very, very deliberate and very conscious with that. Like, um, you know, really taking, not just wanting to heal, heal, heal everyone else, but not look at yourself. And also maybe not heal, focus and heal on just yourself, but not share it with anyone else. I think that that's something we can get caught in as well. And I speak from personal experience. I wasn't, I actually am doing this podcast and doing these other like 
things with my business and sharing because I was urged to like by my, by guidance or whatever. It was like, you got to share, you got to speak, you got to like sharing actually helps others. And it doesn't have to be in this like super, you know, um, structured way where you're going to go, you know, be a healer, be an energy worker, whatever. Of course it flows through that, but it's not so much what you do. It's just the fact that you are sharing your experience in some way, whatever makes sense for you. I feel, um, that is so true. So (laughs) true. And it takes the bravest people to share it takes so much courage to be vulnerable and you know earlier on in my um in my days i would be very impressed with people like these law of attraction coaches and people who are just uber positive all of the time and i would be like man when am i ever going to get to that place where i'm just perfect you know and all i do is project perfect positivity every day and like i can't wait till i'm that and then i realized that was just an illusion and the people that don't share about their own hard times are nine times out of 10 spiritual bypassers themselves. That's just, that's Mm -hmm. my own personal experience. And I've, um, you know, I've heard that echoed in other people. Like, for example, my last coach, she's lovely. But when we, we really started to get into it with each other, she's like, you know, most people in the coaching industry, they're just bypassers. They haven't actually done the work themselves. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of funny, but now I don't, I'm not impressed with any of those people unless they're sharing. So I'm like, if you're sharing about what's actually going on in your life, you are so strong. (laughs) I have so much respect for you. You You're so courageous and you're a step above the rest because you're able to see yourself as being human and having shortcomings, but also that's okay. You know, you're not trying to be the spiritually perfect person. You can see that you're the divine having a human experience and you can relate that to everyone else in your own special way and everyone people will benefit from that you don't it's not linear it's not logical it's not like oh if i share if i create this then i'm going to get x amount of dollars or it's going to translate into you know something tangible it may but that's not like the whole point the whole point is to um you know connect and and be this collective consciousness that we actually are i think that's going to help us move towards you know that understanding of like unity consciousness and oneness more and that comes through sharing in a natural way absolutely (laughs) yes yes vulnerability is strength it's the hardest thing to do is share your real story i mean it's very easy to post a meme you know, about the law of attraction, or it's very easy to hide behind kind of a spiritually perfect facade. And it's much more difficult to come out and say, hey, you know, I get mm-hmm. scared. And, you know, I make logical decisions that are terrible sometimes. And, <laughs> yeah, you know, just be human. That's mm-hmm. it's golden. And that is how, what moves people. That's what creates the most change, like you said, because people go, oh, you too. You mean, I'm not alone. I'm not the only one who's, you know, struggling mm-hmm. like this like no you're not it's true for everyone totally that's why one of my aims with with this podcast was not to have on like experts or people that have xyz accolades or whatever it's it was more about you know the people that are sharing their truth out there and doing really good work um coming on and just sharing their story so that everyone knows no matter what you're doing, the inner work that you're doing, no matter where you are in the world, you're not alone. Like we're all doing this together, even if we're not 
you know, together, together in the physical. So thank you well, so thank much. You for, yeah, <laughs> thank you for creating this beautiful way to connect for all of us. Yeah. Thank you for coming on and sharing. So what are you working on next or um, what do you want people to know as far as uh, connecting with you? You're going to be moving into like consciousness coaching soon or yeah. what, what, are yeah. you, what are you thinking um, as far as that? Well, I was coaching last year, but I like, I think I had mentioned to you previously, I noticed that there were still some more layers of healing for me to undergo. And I feel mm-hmm. this year has been all about that. Um, currently finishing a actual coaching certification. I have other certifications, but I didn't have a coaching certification. So I thought that's, that's good. Cause when I'm hiring a coach, I like them to be certified too, even yeah. though it may or may not um, translate into the actual work you do with people. And so I'm looking to sort of bring my services more online at the beginning of next year. And I'm just really doing a lot more prep work now. And a lot of that is the inner healing work mm-hmm. and, um, and also a little bit more traveling towards the end of this year. I'm currently in Austin, Texas, and I'd like to go on the road here um, in a micro camper and do my um, Henry David Thoreau thing, which is that I have been called for years to go into the wilderness and stay there for however long I want to and just really commune with nature and um, do a lot of writing there. So I'm sort of gearing up to go to the woods. <laughs> I love it so much. That's such a yeah, dream like- of mine, too. That's great. Yeah, it's a big dream. So it's it's exciting to be like, okay, I'm, you know, I really want to gear up so that I can actually help people. And that yeah. is coming straight from my heart. A few years ago, I still wanted to prove something to people. Yeah, and or now to yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was still like, oh, look at me, you know, da, da, da. And now I'm like, oh, my gosh, no. Let me Over just take the heartfelt. Yeah, like, let me just help you a little bit if I can in any way that I can. So, yeah creating services from that place feels good and it feels mm-hmm. different and it also doesn't feel rushed. I don't, I'm not like, Oh my God, I need to like shift because I do um, interact and help people already. So that kind of fills me up. Um, so I feel like the shift is taking its own natural time and the universe is in the meantime, sending us all of these full moons and eclipses and anything else we might need to clear out the way. So yeah, that's beautiful. I mean, the, yeah, the future is good. It's exciting. Um, and it's also scary as hell, you know, but that's, that's it. <laughs> Anything that's worth it is scary, I think. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I love that you want to go to the woods. That's a great, like, I actually love how technology now allows us. It, it's, it's like a weird paradox. Like, it, it allows us to be anywhere. You know, we're not tied down to location for a job or or whatever, you can actually sort of just go into nature and be one with it, but also report from there or, you know, it's not like you're, I'm, I'm saying it's not like you're separated from society anymore. Exactly. You yeah. Know, you it's can still beautiful. share from that place. It's really cool. So, yes. So hopefully I will have an internet connection. If anybody chooses <laughs> to um, work with me, you can email me at info at AudreyLee.energy. And um, yeah, other than that, you can find me on Facebook, sometimes on YouTube. Looking forward to making more videos soon mm-hmm. and Instagram. And um, yeah, I don't know. Thank you so much for just creating this platform. Thank you for being here and, and being, you know, so in tune with yourself and, and wanting to help others. It's really appreciated. 
for sure. And of course, I'll have all the links to get in touch with you in the show notes. And um, we have to do this again because there's so much to talk about. (laughs) Yes, yes. We're only getting started. Yep. All right, Audrey. Thank you. Thanks again, Trista. Have a blessed day. You as well. Bye-bye. I hope you've enjoyed the insight and wisdom Audrey has to offer. Be sure to give her a visit and follow on Instagram at Audrey Lee underscore energy to connect more with her and her ongoing evolution. Remember to visit TristaDedman.com and click podcast to get all the show notes and subscribe to the mailing list to get every transmission straight to your inbox. Also, be sure to head over to Patreon.com slash Liberate Yourself to find out more about benefits and becoming an ongoing supporter of this project. Until next time, take care out there, guys. Thank you.